You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 251, Small Bites from Pure Professor, Finding the Right Words with special guest, Catherine Mutz. Welcome to episode 251 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach feng shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. We teach a feng shui certification program. We also have a mailing list. We'd love to see you in your inbox. You can join our mailing list by visiting mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll down to the bottom. There's a place to opt in, or you can look at the show notes in your podcast app, or you can look at mindfuldesignschool.com slash join. So we hope you'll join our mailing list. We have information about a really amazing annual workshop that we do. It's going to open for enrollment in a couple days after this particular podcast launches. And it's our annual Lunar New Year package. So every year, Laura and I do a Lunar New Year package, and it's a combination of self-study material that you get right upon enrollment and you can work on that leading up to the lunar new year and this coming year in 2024 on february 10th we'll be welcoming the year of the dragon and so for the year of the dragon and actually for every lunar new year we do a celebration live on zoom with all of our participants so we hope you'll check out our lunar new year package it's available And by the time you hear this, it'll probably already be open for enrollment. So this week, we're so delighted to welcome Catherine again. And she's been our special guest for the last few months, once a month, and we'll continue doing that for now until we, until the chi changes. But, you know, Mindful Design Feng Shui School, Laura and I are really delighted to welcome Catherine. She's a master teacher, and she's now part of the Mindful Design School And over the years, Catherine has really humbly and honestly and accurately created a repository of knowledge and wisdom from her studies with Professor Lin Yun, who is the founder of BTB Feng Shui, and also with her own wisdom intertwined and interwoven into those teachings that she so diligently wrote down and collected and Now she is sharing her 40 years of experience as a practitioner, teacher, and mentor, and her 25 years with Professor Lin Yun with the Mindful Design School. So we hope that you've been enjoying these episodes that we've had once a month, and we're really delighted to welcome Catherine. Uh, Happy to see both of you again, and this time in different time zones. (laughs) We are spread across the planet. All three different ones. Yeah. yeah, we were just before we started the program, we were remarking how I was I was right on time because I had just finished lunch. But I know Laura was just finishing her dinner and Catherine just finished her breakfast. <laughs> so this is the new world that we're living in. So, yeah, we've been really excited about sharing these small bites. And just for a little history, these small bites come from years of newsletters from Catherine where she shared her wisdom with her mailing list. And so we're so grateful that Catherine has created all this material and we want to kind of give new life to it. 
and have conversations about it in a modern way, which is now through podcasting. So it's actually pretty similar in that sense that like podcasting is all about words and it's about communication and you don't get a visual. And that's sometimes a little bit challenging in terms of feng shui because feng shui is experiential, right? It's working with our home, but we all use communication or our voices to interact with each other. So the topic of today's episode is called finding the right words. So we all know that communication is something that is so important, especially like this is why we have podcasts or why we have video conferencing now or emails. So much of our lives revolve around communication. So Catherine, can you tell us a little bit of where this particular small bike came from and what you, how, why you were inspired to share it? I think right now I'm inspired to share it because I'm trying to find the right words to express what feng shui means in the world today. It's it's hard to find words for that. Some of it is so ineffable. Finding words is difficult. And yet I've spent 40 years trying to bring it to the forefront. And so I'm always trying to find the right words to communicate what the three of us all know and feel in our hearts about how beneficial it is to live in an environment that supports you and how do you do that and what are the words to say that you know when there are design details in your house that can keep you from communicating how do we communicate that things in our house can create discord can create separation how do we express that so i'm i'm happy to be talking about this today and I was just thinking about this because I've just been trying to find the right words this entire month working on a project. So it's really important today for me as well. Mm, and I think also finding the right words is so important to feng shui because we as feng shui practitioners, you know, you, me and Laura, we also don't really see a separation Laura and I always talk about, and you do too, all three of us always talk about how we need to listen to our mm -hmm. homes, right? So we don't see you need to, we don't necessarily say you need to see your home because your home doesn't speak to you in English like we are. It's speaking a visual language, but how do we start to see beyond like sight or movement or hearing? These are all our senses that we have as humans our sight, sound, smell, touch, hearing, we often like compartmentalize them. And we forget that our homes, there's so much to read in our home, right? So we say like, how can you read your home? What is your home telling you? How can you listen? And we can even take it a step further and say, how do you move through your home? What's the movement? Or what do you even like smell? Like smell doesn't necessarily have to be your nose, but I was reading something recently where they said you register your smell subconsciously. Things that are connected to your olfactory system is often registered in an unconscious way. The book was saying that they've done studies where we are attracted to other humans with the opposite smell, but it's nothing that we can detect in a conscious way, but they can measure this in an unconscious or non-conscious way. So there's a whole level of interaction that we have with our world that sometimes we're not totally accustomed to. So that's why feng shui and our spaces tell us a lot and we can listen. But do we know that language? That's one thing. And that's what you do when you study feng shui. You start to learn that visual language or that spatial language. But also, 
how does our home affect how we communicate with other people in the world, right? Yeah, then there, there are lots of details that when we hear discord spoken, when we go to a home or we, you know, it, the words come out as, you know, I'm always arguing with my husband in that place. It's always there. What do we need to listen to? What do we need to see? What do we need? How do we find the words to explain what's happening? you know, from our senses, you know, that's affecting that sense of, of upset in that particular place. Mm-hmm. Not easy. No. Laura, do you want to share one of the, well, the first one on our list, actually, mm. the, the first one on the list for the design detail that can give us some clue into communication? Yeah. So, and I think as feng shui practitioners, one thing we have to watch, and I think why we have to work harder to find the right words, even in what we do, is because you have to inform people of design details in a way that allows them to seek awareness and understanding as a as opposed to something that's like, oh no, oh my goodness, I need to fix this right now, or, you know. And, and in a way, some of these design details, and this is a good example of it, can actually get you to think about something that maybe you didn't even really realize. And so this one, often when it comes up, is when two doors bump into one another when they open. So if you opened a front door, let's say, and you had a, I don't know, a bathroom door, a powder room door, and when you open them, they hit. This design detail can often mean that two partners or that they're in the house somewhere, could be the partners, it could be, you know, the communication within the home is conflicted slightly. So there might be some conflicts, there might be some opportunity to soften how each other talks to one another. You know, if we were to just talk amongst ourselves, just, oh yeah, those are arguing doors, is what we call it in feng shui. But when I bring this up with clients, it's often, you know, there's it's goes deeper than arguing it's like this sometimes it's a really deep unresolved conflict that they haven't even thought about and it, and it's it's actually a really good way to start to gain awareness about these things in your life yeah also i think this this particular design detail where doors that bump into each other when they open it happens a lot and what sometimes people don't realize is that every family fights right? There's no perfect family where they never fight. And I think a lot of what happens is that we get these notions that perhaps like there's this example of like the leave it to beaver house where everything's perfect, but it's actually perfectly appropriate and common for families to have discord and to for families to go through these challenges because you love each other and you didn't have a choice but you're there for each other's. But it's also important to notice when that's becoming a harmful situation. So this is also a way to kind of notice, like Laura said also, like Laura said, maybe you don't even recognize you're having the discord or you see that the discord is exacerbated by your home or you see the discord is also present in your home through these doors because doors represent your voice and your how you communicate they're portals for the chi to go through. We know in almost every culture that doors are so important. So yeah, Catherine, do you have anything to add to the doors? 
You know, when it happens at the front door, I think it's especially important because it can affect everyone in the entire house, you know, the children and the, the parents and that discord can grow even stronger at the front door. Also, it can be, maybe it'll be a part of a headache that begins. So if you're having headaches and, and more discord become, comes from that, then I would really be looking at that front door. And I think the first step, as far as the podcast goes, is to notice like where you may have these doors that bump into each other. Like for instance, in my home, people think like feng shui practitioners don't have any any feng shui problems, but we all do, right? And so in my home, I have my primary bedroom door bumps into the my husband's closet door and we've corrected it. And there's different, there's advanced ways to correct it, which if you are really concerned about that, like for instance, like at the front door, or if it's the door to your primary bedroom, or if it's like, say a door, two doors in your wealth area, or two doors in your relationship area, whatever it is, and it seems to be really highlighting something that you want to start to unpack, like a lot of communication discord you're having. I think you should definitely reach out to a feng shui practitioner. We have so many excellent feng shui graduates from the mindful design school and they can work with your specific situation and unpack that because it's a little bit dangerous to give a catch-all for this particular one but if you don't have that within your realm or you're not ready to do that yet i think the first step is always to acknowledge and to notice and that's where a lot of shifts can happen by simply taking some time to have curiosity about, oh, these doors hit. And I think it's in this Bagua area of my home or it's on this door to my home. It's on the front entry or it's in between me and my son's room or on my primary bedroom and how that comes out with discord and in the communication in your life. And then that already, that attention you put to it creates a lot of a big shift in chi. Yeah, I think Professor said many times that the moment you recognize, then you're you're 99% of the way there to communicating and and creating a solution for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the second one we wanted to touch on that affects the ability for, in this case, particularly uh your the primary couple in the home, like the parents or the or you and your partner or you. So we're talking, uh, well, actually, you can apply to any bedroom. So this is for a bedroom. So if there's a bedroom where someone has removed the door. So in this case, for instance, if it's a primary bedroom or there's a couple living in the room, this may indicate that one of the partners or both of the partners may not be able to find the words needed to resolve a problem. And that almost never happens in a relationship, right? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. We don't, I don't think we find this very often that someone's removed a door, but in the stories where we find that the problems seem to be mm, really can separate two people, you know, and, and that's a, a dire situation. We need to, we, we really need to, you know, pay attention to that. I think the other, the other piece of that is when a bedroom door has two doors, you know, it's two doors, you know, double doors on a bedroom, because then you have two strong voices 
rather than having no voice, you have two strong voices that can do battle with one another at some times, you know? And so you have to be, you have to be mindful that you may be speaking too aggressively, or you may be coming on too strong, or you may be taking one side and not really listening to the other side, the other voice in that partnership. So no door or, you know, double doors, they both speak to us in some way. And that we have to be really careful to listen to the words that are that are spoken to us to allow us to best understand um, what's really happening. We can't just make judgments and we can't take sides. So we have to find our own voice in the midst of that. Laura, have you had any examples of this? I think you have. People with no door or a door removed? Or the double door. A double door, yeah. I mean, I have a double door. We have a double door. Not in the house in um, an earth house, but in, in our vacation property, which we don't spend all our time in, but there's two massive double doors. And I would say both Stuart and I are very strong personalities that <laughs> have very strong voices. Um, but I, and you know, there's something about just recognizing it stating it embracing it i play with the doors i kind of am like one day i want this door closed and and i feel like you can tell which is who is who but most of the time i keep both of the doors open and then sometimes we play with keeping like one 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 wants to be quieter letting the other speak maybe a bit more and letting the other take a turn so i do play around with it it's really quite funny and i get anxious when one door is like not is is not the one I want closed. And so I do so I do work around it partly is because I, I know what it means and I'm totally fine with it because they're beautiful doors and they have a really strong voice because of the way they're made and everything. But yeah, it's something that I see and I see it a lot in couples where it's out of scale with the rest of the house or with the rest of the bedroom, which is a bit different. So our it, it's to scale because the house is old and it makes sense. But sometimes when you build a house, you might make over you might overly scale the your two double doors to have this grand door. And I think that's where you need to adjust it a little bit, maybe do some other adjustments to, to talk a little bit about why you did that and why you need to shout so much so, um, <laughs> with your doors. Could you talk about that adjustment? Well, it's pretty simple. And I would say, you know, putting a feng shui crystal and actually that one client that had these massive double doors were also at the top of the staircase. So we we ended up hanging a feng shui crystal just outside those double doors to soften the chi overall and also just to slow the chi so that it wasn't, you know, sweeping out down, down the stairs. So yeah, using a feng shui crystal ball can be helpful for many of these ones, as well as the not having a door, right? You can hang a feng shui crystal if you don't have a door to your bedroom in that like to give the door of to give the the door that isn't there a voice to give the opening a voice if you're not able to hang a door let's just say and sometimes they may be designed that way so you can hang a feng shui crystal for those of you that do or don't know what a feng shui crystal ball is it is a man-made faceted crystal ball approximately 40 millimeters would be the, the size you would use which is sort of like the size of a golf ball when it is made, it has a small hole drilled into it and you thread, generally you thread a red string through it and then you would affix it to the ceiling at a height that we like to use increments of nine, but a height that works with the structure of your door, your ceiling, et cetera, et cetera. 
to modulate the flow of chi and also to bring that energy or that voice to that area. Did I do good? Catherine, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> I, would think, I think, you know, I think the three of us have shared some design photos of giving a door a voice. I, I think one of them was a beautiful line of color, you mm -hmm. know, around the entire door, and that can give it a voice. So there are wonderful design mm -hmm. ways that, that I think all, that the three of us have shared with one another, and we keep looking for them. That's one of my favorites, actually, the painting it, because sometimes, you know, you might have one of those drywalled openings into a bedroom, you know, like it's like a, it's just an opening, but it's like, and so you actually have this perfect place to just paint a strip, you know, along inside that and on a beautiful color that works. And it's, it's such a nice decorative feature and it does give the voice. So it's one of my favorite adjustments, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So just to clarify that if there's a bedroom door without a le door leaf or a door on in it, they're talking about like the interior part of the door could be maybe painted a contrasting color to give it a voice. And of course, there's certainly like lots of different ideas, but we're we're just giving some general ones that everyone can benefit from on the podcast. And I think that Laura, Catherine, and I have a lot of fun trying to to working directly with people one-on-one, -on -one, seeing what actually works for their particular space. And I think also one thing to highlight is like Laura was talking about her primary residence, the primary bedroom door is not a double door, but the other home, which is not the primary residence, is the one with the double doors. And Catherine, can you speak to that a little bit? Like how, what the difference is between your primary home and like a vacation home or one you don't spend a lot of time in? But yet the main feng shui that you want to look at is in your primary home, and that's the closest to you. But any home that you own will and can affect you, but it's not as often, so it doesn't happen as quickly or it doesn't happen at all. And I want to also stress that there are some folks where the bad feng shui or, or difficult feng shui or difficult design details will never touch them. You know, so again, we have to be very careful to have our suggestions be very individual. It's so important that we just don't lay the same adjustment onto everyone. Some people will just put their hands up and say, no, no, no. And so we always have to come with tools in our pocket that suit the situation at hand. I think that's really important for everyone. So if you're looking for a feng shui practitioner, I think you want to be looking for someone who has that flexibility and has the knowledge to, to read the chi, you know, read the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and just as an aside, like uh, Catherine and I are teaching the peer professor program right now, which is our advanced studies training program. And a little bit about that, a quick plug is that, you know, Laura and I teach the feng shui certification program, but when you graduate, there's also, or if you graduated from another, another BTB certification program, we have this advanced training program where you work and you meet directly with Catherine and myself and the, the topic that we're going over this month actually kind of highlights that, that there could be a lot of checklist feng shui issues, which can, of course, affect your situation. But sometimes your chi is strong enough to, or it's not going to affect you as strongly. Or sometimes we can get so carried away looking at the most obvious thing that we 
are blind to the problem that's underlying the surface. So working with a skillful practitioner that listens, again, listens to you to read your home and asks you not only like on their analysis, like so Laura, Catherine and I, when we train practitioners, we always tell them like, you know, you need to not just look at the feng shui and go in expecting like to go through your little checklist. You come prepared, but you can actually go into that consultation and not talk about anything that you prepared because they tell you they need something else. Okay. So that's our little plug. Okay. Let's move on to, oh wait, I do want to say one thing about the open entry to a bedroom. I actually personally have seen, and maybe it's because I live in New York city. I've seen quite a few people that choose to take their door off their bedroom. And so one couple, I know they actually had a situation where one partner was, there was some infidelity, but they, they worked it through but they didn't put the door back on and they didn't ask me for feng shui help. So I didn't say anything, but I know them and they, they, they have a curtain there now. And there was a, another couple that I saw that also took the door off. They've since moved. So I don't know what happened. And then I worked with another, I worked this one. I did do a consultation on and she moved into this home where her partner had designed the whole thing and created all these double doors down a hallway, including to their, to their bedroom. And, and they did get divorced and, um, and it, and it was kind of annoying because, because you had all these double doors that pocket into the side. So they were meant to always be open and never really closed and she saw that that really came through in her relationship and there was a lot of communication issues and 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 then the doors didn't quite work really well and they were hard to open the hardware it was meant to be very beautiful right but it was it ended up being like a use a very useless decorative detail that caused a lot of technical and then later on a um, problems in the marital issues. Ouch. Yeah. I'll have to show you the floor plan one day. <laughs> I, I can just feel it. Yeah. And it's, even if you speak of it, um, you know, my heart just goes, Oh no, my heart, my mind. And, and it, it reminds all of us, I think to, um, continue to educate architects and designers and, and, and have our voice be heard and find the words to, to explain that situation. Oh, yes. There was that other topic we want to talk about as well, Catherine and Laura, like how um, now we're talking about the primary relationship, but I think every listener can imagine like their childhood bedroom. And if their parents would have taken the door off of their bedroom, how it may have affected you. I mean, that's the one moment when I really lost it when I was listening on the radio driving my car and an educator suggested that for an unruly child, they should take the door off that child's bedroom. And this was a teenager. And I thought, here is, you know, voices, doors are usually spoken of as voices of the adult. And here we have a teenager, a young man coming into his adult voice and the door is removed to um, get him to calm down. And I, I swear, I, I mean, I stopped my car in the middle of the road and I just, and I was in my convertible, I have a little convertible and the cars were all stopped because uh, one of the games from the Candlestick Park, 
the baseball games had that out. And so everyone was stopped. And I sat up on the back of my seat and I was just like, everybody else was cheering because they'd won the game. And I was just angry because an educator had suggested that. And I thought, I mean, that was the moment I really lost it in terms of what I knew about removing a door. So please don't do that. Well, there's, I know just one more story from you though, but there's that one that well, not wonderful, that that really telling story that you also shared with us about another educator suggesting to take the doors off the bathroom, the, the school bathroom doors, right? The stalls. Oh, yeah, that happened in my son's school, actually, where the children were smoking in the elementary school or middle school. Like I can't remember middle school or the kids were young, but there was still smoking going on. So they removed the bathroom, the stall doors. And I went in with my husband and we had a conversation with the principal <laughs> about that. And those doors finally got put back because all the children, my, my son was having terrible stomach aches because he couldn't use the bathroom at school. He wouldn't because of that. And other children's parents were upset as well. But we were the ones who who sort of went to the school and really, and that was a whole story about the lights going on and off. <laughs> it was, um, we really had to speak up. It was really harming the children. Yeah, it's really interesting, the power of doors. Eh? They really have a way to, to control so many things. And we don't even really think about it, right? On, yeah. on the subconscious level and unconscious level, but you know, a functional level, doors are incredibly powerful, yeah. Is there one more, Angie? Yeah, there's one sure. more. Do you want to share it, Laura? Yeah, a stairway in the center of the house that it can amplify differing opinions yeah. as well as other things, but in terms of a, from a communication standpoint. In terms of finding the right words. Yes, it can mean many things. It is also ups and downs. It's because it's this unpredictable space in the center of the home. And that, of course, the center of the Tai Chi influences and impacts all of the other areas of the home. So yeah, that's the last one. And we can talk, I don't know, Angie, you can share how we can adjust it or a little more detail on it. Well, why don't we let Catherine share? Okay. Good idea. Yeah. I mean, any stairway in the middle of the house, I was surprised by when professor said creates differing opinions because we'd always thought of it as creating ups and downs. So your life goes up and life goes down. Finances go up and finances go down. But differing opinions was a different, was a different feeling for me. And I had to really think about that. But when we're up and down, we may speak different words about the same thing and they may differ over time. And so we were surprising our children or we're surprising our spouse or our partner. And then to argue on a stairway, when you're on a stairway, you want to be stable. So to have this feeling of being up and down about something and having one opinion and then another opinion or recognizing that you have a differing opinion with somebody else in the house, it's a dangerous place to have that feeling. I mean, most of our accidents at home happen on the stairway. So that's not a good place to be feeling unsteady. Yeah, so the correction, there's many corrections for this, but one simple catch-all is yeah you could simply you know hang that faceted crystal ball you know um on the ceiling at the top of the at the landing the upper landing yes. yeah okay well 
So this is our episode to just talk a little bit about some ways that we can find the right words to communicate with each other and to listen to our homes. Because part of communication is also listening. And Laura and I wanted to close with also sharing some, communicating some beautiful reviews that we received on our podcast recently. I'll read one and Laura could read the other. So Rose Tomato wrote that this is her favorite feng shui and overall holistic podcast. And she she wrote a lot from a previous review and then amended and added that she deeply appreciates. She said, I deeply appreciate that they show the respect for the history of feng shui. I love how they discuss how different aspects of feng shui began and how it evolved into what it is currently. This shows their deep understanding of feng shui. I also love how they acknowledge how there are multiple modalities of how to work with something and that not one modality is only or the best way to do something. I appreciate how they also pay respect to their teachers and their reasons for why they have their chosen teachers. Nice. My review is from Orange Cats. I like that. Titled Good Energy. I love listening to the podcast because it def makes it not so scary on learning, I think, to try to learn feng shui. There is so much info out there, yet it's like anything, a lot of opinions, yet I find this podcast to be refreshing and it helps demystify the energies without being overwhelming or scary. Great job, ladies. Thank you, Orange Cats. Thank you. And thank you, Catherine. I forgot to thank you first before reading this. Thank you, Catherine, again. Thanks, Catherine. Good to be here again. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you listeners always for listening to the podcast. You can tune in every week. If you like our podcast, you can feel free to share a review. Little things like that really help a lot. That little bit of chi or energy really helps support us. You can also share the podcast. You can subscribe. You could sign up for our mailing list by going into the show notes or going to mindfuldesignschool.com slash join. And you can also support us by checking out our certification course. We have a certification program, a six month certification program that's starting in February. So it's open for enrollment now. It's almost half full at this point. We also have, if you're already a practitioner, an experienced practitioner, we have an advanced training program with Catherine called Pure Professor. We also have an up, that upcoming Chinese New Year, the Lunar New Year package that is available for enrollments as well. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.